Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Drop News Podcast. My name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with my co-host Frank Todd. Frank, how you doing today? Daniel, I'm doing great. And before we start, I actually decided I want to change up the way we do this. I want to read my text to you today on that very controversial line call in the mat, the tennis match I've been on. Okay. So now, for those of you who don't know, earlier today we had the women's semifinals. And in the the Sakari versus Krechkova match, there was a very controversial call at the end of the match where the ball was shown to be out by the camera reviewing system, but the line judge overruled it, which made the match extend in Sakari's favor. Now, she ended up losing, but here was my text to Daniel after the line judge overruled the call, which almost cost me money. No, in all caps, are you fucking killing me? Go fuck yourself, line judge. I hope this guy gets fired and enjoys a slow and painful life. I am so mad that this is such bullshit. I'm going to lose now. She literally lost the match, and I'm still going to lose my bet somehow. This is not funny. I'm really mad. Fire this line judge. He makes the worst goddamn calls. Sakari is now fighting the line judge, even though she got a bullshit call to let her win. And the ball was nine feet up by Hawkeye. Go fuck yourself, Sakari, in the line, Judge. I win. Now, those were my texts to Daniel. Daniel, do you have any thoughts about my rant to you? You need some help. You think I need help? Why? Yeah, dude, I think I think you need to go to therapy. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, I mean, she won, which was, like, kind of nice. If she would have lost, then you would have been, like, you would you would have been doing some, like, random shit. She lost, I need to hear therapy. But how is that not an appropriate reaction to getting gypped out of money? I feel like, I mean, you weren't gypped out of money. It was just a delayed no, gratification. No, it was gypped at the time. It was gypped. And I sent that before she won. Because let's be real here. We saw the review. That ball was out by two feet. That ball wasn't close. I mean, also, like, Krejcikova was down a ton in the, in the match, too. She was also up a set. Let's be real here. I had. I think my reaction was appropriate. It was fine. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I would have reacted the same way. It was, because here's the thing is, this is kind of like a, a bad umpire call in baseball. This is more, actually, than worse than a bad umpire call in baseball, because it would be like a bad call in strike three to lose the game. It was a horrible call that almost cost the, the rightful winner the match. Like, the reviewing system showed it was a bad call. I mean, it was barely out, though. I could, I could see one way or the other. I mean, that just shows that the French Open needs to go to Hawkeye. Hawkeye, the uh, Hawkeye, the perfect computer system that makes no mistakes, showed it was out. I think Hawkeye, Hawkeye's made like uh, like one or two mistakes before, but like not a lot. Hawkeye doesn't make mistakes. It's literally a perfect camera. Because don't they have like a ton? Yeah, the, it's it's literally the perfect reviewing system for sports because it can ca- captures every moment. It captures where in a hundred mile per hour ball minimum, by the way, it bounces exactly. That's that that the fact that we can do that is just absurd. Yeah, it's great. Okay, but now that I got my, now that we got that little uh, Frank rant over, let's go talk about something a little more interesting. The NBA playoffs are in full swing right. Now. I think we lost Frank. Frank's probably looking something up. Oh, God. 
Frank? Yeah. All right, we're back after my technical difficulties. Okay, okay, so we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs. So what I was trying to say before I somehow got disconnected is I don't know where the last point we talked is. So, like, I don't know where we're picking up from. We're basically – we picked off – um, we, so the last thing we talked about was the day of the game, um, game seven between the, um, Clippers and the, um, and Clippers and the Mavericks. Oh, okay. So the Sun so, series, the Sun series had just ended and I went on a, on this rant about no, the no, beautiful, the, most the, amazing the, the lady. The game. No, no, the Suns game almost the next day. So that's where we are. Yeah. So we, uh, it was at the end of the, um. And end of the Suns Lakers. Okay, okay, I know exactly where we are now. Okay, so the Suns are just dominating the Nuggets. Let's just get that out. Of Suns are prob. I think Suns will probably lose one game. I don't know, man. The way they're playing right now, I think they might sweep them. Well, no, yeah, but but Denver's a really tough place to play. I'm, I'm if we can split, if we can go up like three zero, then I'm I'm chilling. But like, I don't know. I think. Denver's gonna be a tough place to play, so they have to make sure that they they can win at least one. Is Denver that tough a place to play though? I mean, it's the altitude. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Dude, Denver, but... dude, Denver. I've had tennis tournaments in Denver. It is so different. It is insanely different. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I feel like the Suns are just that much better. It's not gonna matter. I I think it's gonna be close. I think it'll be interesting. Well, like, why? Why do you think? It, why do you think Denver, um, like Mile High Stadium, is the the toughest place to play in the in the NFL? I mean, I think it's a little different in the NBA when you're playing indoors and the Suns are playing there more times a year than the NFL. The NFL teams, besides the Broncos, are playing there once a year. The Suns do play there a couple times a year, so they're already they already know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, but they did lose at home to the Nuggets earlier, or they did lose in Denver to the Nuggets earlier this year. So, I mean, yeah, but again, they still—it's not. I don't think it's that big of a home court advantage when you're playing there multiple times a year, so you kind of know what you're doing. Also, okay, so away from that point, um, how I think it's—I think it's so funny and so awesome that Big Cat uh, on Barstool is just obsessed with the Suns fans now. He's definitely enjoying it. What do you say? I said he's definitely enjoying it. Oh, he's definitely. I think he's enjoying just like fans now back back in general. But I just love that it's the, that it's the Suns fans because I mean I'm the same way. Just like to a lesser extent, I would be that insane if I was in Phoenix. But um, like again, I've been a Suns fan my entire life, and now like they're finally actually good. And oh my god, I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun. And we've gotten so lucky too, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean they're they're good though. They're not lucky. No, but like they got they've gotten lucky with like injuries and like they they basically just, the Suns just play really good defense. The Suns are averaging so like through like the first six playoff games, um, other teams are averaging, um, I believe ninety eight point three points per game. Which is which in the NBA now is just insane. Like the fact that they have that great a defense, they're holding they're holding um, opponents to like thirty percent uh, field goal percentages. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's pretty good. 
it's fun. And then I think I think the Suns can also get out of the get out of the West. I think I think they can beat the Jazz. I don't know, man. The Jazz are pretty good. I mean, I guess my my main thing about about these playoffs is that so I think the obvious favorite is the is the Nets, right? Like Nets. I mean, yeah, they're killing the they're killing the Bucks right they're now. Like killing literally every, killing every them. team that they play. Um, hey, Jason Tatum won a game. That's true. Jason Tatum won a game. Um, but I think it's interesting because I think on, on the East, like in the East, you have more like powerhouse teams, like like bigger names, um, and then like kind of like role players like surrounding them. And I think in the West, I think the West, so like mainly I'm talking about the Suns and the Jazz. I think the Suns and the Jazz are two complete teams like head to toe like they don't have like any like super super all all stars but they their entire team like one to eight is just the Suns have Devin Booker they have a huge superstar they've de- Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul but there's none like the but like Devin Booker doesn't get the respect that he deserves he's barely an all-star any like every single year um and then you have Chris Paul who's like really good uh, but he's he's old um I feel like the the East is where like all like the young bucks are and like the like, the super super people. I mean, I guess I don't know. I think Devin Bucker gets a lot more respect than you're giving him credit for. And I mean, arguably the best and most popular young player is in the West in Luca. I mean, I don't think Devin Booker gets a lot of respect because he's on a, he he was normally on a really bad team and I think this year has been the year that people have been starting to like realize how great he is because he's on a really good team and he's still leading that team. I don't know, man. I feel like he's been getting a lot of respect for a while. I mean, eh, I think he's prob I think he's he's been in the league for like 6 years and sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I mean, yeah, it's, feel, it's the same thing with Brad Stevens in coaching. I was stunned when I heard he was a coach for seven years. I feel like he's like been there for like three or four. I know. But that doesn't mean – that just means that's about time flowing by more than him not getting respect. Devin Booker gets a ton of respect and is considered one of the best players in the NBA. Well, maybe maybe we're just getting old. Oh, well, we're definitely getting old. Dude, we're starting – there's starting to be people worried younger than in the NFL – which is a three-year system in college. NBA, there's been people younger than us for a little while because of one-and-dones. There are tennis players who are younger than us that are getting to, like, major quarterfinals. Yeah, like my boy, Massetti. Massetti and then that Coco Goffs just fucking balling I mean, out. maybe for tennis it's been – or I'm a little more desensitized to that. Growing up with Taylor Fr- – growing up near Taylor Fritz, mm-hmm. just kind of seeing him play at that high level, it's like, yeah, okay, young people are dominating tennis – and, I mean, Federer started young, Djokovic started young, Nadal started young. Like, all the greats started so young. Maybe I'm like, eh. Dude, I think it's going to be so weird. So, if all these players are playing until they're, like, almost 40 now, that, that means we're going to be stuck with Medvedev and Titsipas for, like, 20 years. I mean, dude, if you think about it, we're going to be stuck with Djokovic for, for, for a fucking ever. We can't get rid of that ass. We can't, dude. I... I don't know if it's going to be an injury or whatever that, that ends his career. I think – or, like, he'll go out on top. <laughs> Listen, this is going to sound mean, but let's be honest here. He's going to get – he might get stabbed. Like, 
And he is so hated that, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he's, like, Nancy Kerrigan. Wait, so you think he just... Wait, you said he... You think he's gonna get fat? Stabbed. Do you know the Nancy Kerrigan story? Or is it Nancy... It's not Nancy Kerrigan. I I know who you're talking about. Someone just literally jumps onto the court. It's not Nancy Kerrigan. Who am I thinking of? No, it's Monica Sells. Is who I was thinking of. Dude, isn't Nancy Kerrigan a first lady? No, no. Who's I'm thinking of Nancy Reagan. Who am I thinking of? Who's Nancy Carrington? No, Monica Sells is correct. I think Nancy Carrington is a figure skater that has something to do with the Tanya Harding stuff. I guess. Mm. Oh no, she was attacked by Tanya Harding. I was right. Okay, so I'm thinking of a figure skater who got attacked in Nancy Kerrigan, but I was trying to think of a Monica Sells for the Tanya story. Yeah, no. So okay. I'm right, but I'm wrong. If that makes sense. I, I don't. Okay, move. Okay, moving on. So, but okay, think- but let's be real here. That's what my points will stand. If there were any athlete did that to happen to, it's gonna be Jovic because no one likes him. Everyone hates him because he's a fucking douchebag. Dude, his his reaction at the end of the Berrettini match was insane. Yeah, he is an asshole. No he's one likes him. I mean, eh, it's fine. Like, like you you do you, bud. But like, I, I he he has to his his PR is just awful. Like he he does he does no commercials because nobody wants to have him in a commercial. No I see, one. I see Roger Federer and and Nadal in like every commercial. Well, yeah, because people like Federer and Nadal, so people will sponsor them. No one likes Djokovic because he's arrogant. Is, jo- is Djokovic sponsored by a watch company? I don't think so. Is he? I I, I might look that up uh, at the break because, I mean, Federer is is Rolex is like top guy, right? Like that. I mean, like, obviously, Federer's Federer is most advertising brands' top guys because he's one. He's the best ten, one. One of the best tennis players of all time, and he's also one of the most universally liked athletes of all time. Oh, I I think Federer might be the most liked athlete of all time. I mean, it's hard to say that. I mean, there's very few people who say mean things about some of these Olympians, like Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. No, Simone Biles. Yeah, Simone Bowser. Well, I wanted to get to her, but I wanted to say my joke first. My personal hero, Ryan Lochte. Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) I fucking love Ryan Lochte. He's such a a douchebag. He is, but he's fucking so... He's gronk. He's so stupid that it's funny. Wait, like, what what has he done? I know. Didn't he get, like, arrested? He got arrested for, like, public urination at the last Olympics, I think. Oh, my God. Was that the one in... Where was the last Olympics? 2016. Was that Rio? I think it was Sochi. No, that was winter. That's winter. Where was the last Olympics? Was Rio 2012? I feel like Rio 2012 sounds right. No, was it 16? Is it Rio 2016? Because it was London 2012. And then Beijing. It's Rio. It, it is Rio. Rio. Okay. I just looked it up. Wow. Okay. Wait, I'm going to see how far I can go. So it was Rio, um, then London, then Beijing, and then athens and then sydney and then 96 was la um fuck if i know i'm not looking at more olympics for you <laughs> I actually, no i actually want to know like how i how i'm doing i think I'm all right let's 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 move on you can look that up at the break i'm okay okay moving on also we have way I'm too really... sidetracked there okay but like that was pretty cool um no but on on the on the note of the olympics 
So my uncle is a broadcaster, TV broadcaster, Pat Keenis. Love him to death. Um, and he he is going to be commentating in the Olympics. Oh, it's awesome. Good for him. I know, right? So I'm excited to to listen uh, to – I think he's going to do swimming. Um, I can't wait to listen and just, like, hear him like, oh, my gosh. Because I actually it – is, it is true. So now I can actually say it. Um, I – I did. I I did. In fact, um, when I was like twelve, I announced a game with him. So like I was on like the ears. I didn't say anything, um, but I I technically announced a game with him. So I can now say that I announced a game with a Olympic uh, like sportscaster. So first of all, if he was any good, he would get to do the greatest sport in Olympic history. Wait, don't don't, 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 don't tell me. Uh, the greatest sport in Olympic history. Is... Sorry, I need to specify. Summer Olympic history because there's an equally great sport in Winter Olympics. I mean, Winter Olympics is obviously bobsled. Um, incorrect. That, that, I, I am correct. Uh, ping no, pong. you're in, incorrect on that. You want to know what the greatest one in winter is? We think of another guess. Um, skeet shooting. No, it is curling, obviously. Uh, of course. Water polo. No, but you're getting right in the right idea with a ball. Okay, let's let me think. So it has a ball. It's not basketball. Obviously not. That sucks. No, basketball, the U.S. are just dominate. Um, soccer. No. You're um, not going to get it. No, I can, I can think about this. Oh, handball. Yes. Team handball is the greatest Olympic sport. Okay, I named soft. Okay, if, if I'm being honest, if we're talking about the Olympics, the, the random ass sports where like the U.S. are like competing or something, like the, the super random ones, like, like curling, water polo. Like, the, the random team sports. Hey, I want to watch that. We're the defending champion, gold medal champions of curling. Are we actually? I'm pretty sure we are. Like, you, I'm like 90% sure we won it, and our guys look like a bunch of dads who just randomly showed up to the Olympics. Okay, do you, in the Olympics, do you watch, like, the, the track and field stuff? Like, I will. I'll have it on. Um, yeah, we won the gold medal in the 2018 Olympics. Nice. But like um, high jump, like hi- high jump, I don't get. Wait, this can't be real. I looked up the top top ten weirdest Olympic sports of all time. Oh wait, isn't there going to be baseball too? I don't know, but hang on, Daniel, this is more fun. In 1900 Summer Games in Paris, there was a swimming obstacle race. A swimming obstacle course? In 19... Oh, yes. In 1900, 1904, 1908, wow. 1912, and 1920, there was tug-of-war. There's Olympic tug... Imagine having a gold medal in Olympic tug-of-war. From 1906 to 1972, there was tandem bicycle racing. Okay, I respect that. In 1904... Oh my God, and... going to be bike races. That's going to be fun. In 1904 and 1932, there was club swinging club swinging there is race walking of course i remember watching race walking that was pretty badass um in 1984 to 1992 there was solo synchronized swimming so it's just it's just (laughs) synchronized drowning okay (laughs) there was a this is the best one yet twice in olympic history there was pistol dueling what now? Pistol dueling. So, like, shooting each other. 
<laughs> Rather than having competitors fire pistols at each other, competitors shot at frog, a frog code adorn mannequins. Huh. Okay. Um, there fencing, was ro- fencing's fencing's cool. I mean, I'll get <clears throat> fencing. Bas- basketball is so bad. Hang on, I got three more to read. There was rope climb. I would watch that. You had the plunge for distance, which was a distance diving competition. That's actually kind of badass. I would, and I would absolutely watch that. The, mo- the, the number one most random, according to businessinsider.com, happened at one Olympics only in the, in the 1900 Paris Games, live pigeon shooting. That'd be sick. I'm not even... And those were your top 10 most random Olympic events. Which one would you want back? Um, I definitely wanted the swimming obstacle course. The swimming obstacle course would kind of be badass. <laughs> that sounds like the greatest thing. Dude, ever. imagine going up to a, a girl at the bar and and she she like she's she's all alone, like uh, having her drink, and you walk up to her and you're like, Hey, I am an Olympic obstacle course champion. Imagine how great that would be. Like that that's the perfect opening line. Because yes, you're uh... an Olympian. All right, let's let's get a little. No, back actually, on. I have a story. I have a story. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so a couple Christmases ago, um, my so my family and I are in. This might have been during the Winter Olympics or something. Um, my family and I were um debating what's what Olympic sport do I look I could um I could do, and we kind of went mm-hmm, curling. Um, curling. I, I, so like there there was curling there was um we could say like like I think we said skateboarding um but we uh, I think we came up with uh snowboarding <laughs> so for like a few years basically there was like the joke maybe my dad put it on his Facebook and some people believed it <laughs> that, that I was going to the Olympic trials for for snowboarding <laughs> I'm starting a petition to get uh, pistol dueling back in the Olympics. Will you sign? I will sign. I think I think all of our listeners will sign, so you'll get at least two signatures. Me and the you. Drop a Deuce podcast's goal is to bring back one of the great Olympic sports, either underwater obstacle courses, pistol dueling, or tug of war. Underwater obstacle course, like if you have that shit covered too, that would be actually kind of sick. I would bet. Like... I would bet on that so much because it'd be so funny. Oh my gosh. Um. I'm trying to think. Race walking, I feel like I could be pretty good at. Well, that was a nice little side tangent on the Olympics. Also, also, how long how long do you think it'll be until esports are in the Olympics? A long time. Not enough countries do it yet. Yeah, I feel like there it'll only be there, there's not going to be an Olympic esports. Well, it's team big from in like it's Azerbaijan. big in the U.S. It's big in Japan. Where else is it big in? You uh, maybe 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 Canada. Like, I know Japan has a big professional league, like, or they used to have a big professional league, like, um, the U.S. is trying to start. I'll look, we'll look it up. Countries with professional esports. Is there a, is there, dude, I feel like esports are going to make a comeback. Like, I, okay. know, like, I know they're already getting huge. Oh, and I don't Korea, understand. It. It's Korea where it's big in. Okay, so Korea Japan is- doesn't have as, Japan's, I thought Japan had more than Korea, but I was wrong on that. Korea is more than Japan. Okay, so according to Satista, the number of active esports players and competitions worldwide 
the U.S., Germany, Republic of Korea, Brazil, France, China, Russia, U.K., Canada, Thailand, Japan, Poland, and Vietnam are the leading. You could, especially if it was an Olympic sport, I'm sure you could get people into esports. Maybe. That's a decent number of countries right there, but, like, I feel like Vietnam doesn't really, like, do the Olympics. I mean, yeah. Or they don't really, I feel like I don't ever see them sending athletes. Vietnam? I feel like they might have some. I don't know. I feel like it's not many, if any. That's the problem. Okay, I understand that. Uh, well, do, do you want to take a uh, commercial break and get back to actual talk? And we are back. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm eating a chicken nugget right now. And I'm getting a beer, so. <laughs> okay, well, we briefly talked the NBA. We talked a little bit of great side tangent there. Mm-hmm. I actually, that was not planned. That was not planned at all. Okay, listeners, I'm going to let you read a little back to our secret here. Nothing we ever do is planned. I mean, a lot of times when we try to, the episodes are kind of boring, so like. We go on the most random side tangents ever, and it's. I wish I could say they're planned. Like, I wish I could be like, oh, yeah, we definitely are planning on this happening. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. All, all our humor that we do is just like purely humor. I never intended on talking about underwater obstacle courses because I didn't know that existed until you heard my live reaction of Googling it. I mean, in all honesty, underwater obstacle courses are kind of badass. Oh, they are. They are incredibly badass. But all right, I feel like, I don't know, what should we talk about next? I don't want to play in anything. I don't want to. Um, I mean, so, I'm, I'm, I, so right now I'm watching the NBA playoffs. And, like, you know what I, I think it's actually really cool that, like, fans are back. And, like, they're all kind of here and chilling and, like, balling out. Um, I don't know. Dude, okay, so speaking of basketball, I, so I just I just watched Space Jam, right? Okay, good. Let's talk Space Jam. We talked in, we've only talked about the NBA. So if we're going to talk sports, let's talk about something else. But I'm down to talk some Space Jam. Dude, Space Jam, Space Jam is actually, I, I have a question for you because I was thinking about this earlier. And also, I'm having a chicken again. Um, so basically, what I'm saying is so, sorry, I'm a loud chewer. Um, anyway, so, okay, so I was, I was watching Space Jam, and I was, whilst I was watching Space Jam, um, I thought to myself, hey, hey, Daniel, what is the, um, like, what, what's, what, are, like, the, the sports movies that you have to show your children? Okay, well, honestly, Space Jam 1, not this cheap brawn one. No, so, no, 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 we're, we, this is OG, so I think Space Jam 1. Do you show your kids Hoosiers? At what age do you show your kids Hoosiers? I. Guys, I'm having some trouble with my AirPods tonight. They keep disconnecting me. I'm taking them off, so hopefully we don't have that problem again. And I've also realized, so, basically, so I had my AirPods in for a few, a few episodes, and, like, the audio quality was less, so, like, what I've been doing is I've been I've been flipping my phone around and having the microphone, which is like brand near the charging port, kind of like close to my face, so it's like a little bit better quality. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Okay, so what that's we're what talking been- about though is 
Hoosiers. I'm gonna show my kids at a young age. It's it's a good movie. It's not inappropriate at all. I mean, the basketball coach and the mom. I mean, they do kind of get it, but but again, it's well, I'm okay. I'm gonna this might disconnect me, but I'm gonna try to Google this. I want to see what it's. I think it's rated PG, isn't it? I think is Hoosiers PG. I don't know. It's definitely not R. I mean, a, oh god, if that's an R movie, then <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, it's PG. Okay. I'm fun. Yeah, so I show my kids a PG movie young because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right. What are your other must show sports movies? The must show sports movies to your children. Um, I honestly didn't love Miracle growing up. I mean, I, I think, like it better. I like it better now as an adult. But I think Miracle is something you show if they're into the Winter Olympics. If not, you kind of pass because at that point is. I had to watch it on my own. My parents didn't even show it to me because we're kind of at a weird age where it's not even thought of that much anymore. Yeah, like, no, it was this huge deal, and now everyone's like, eh. Um, yeah. I would say another movie. Oh, the Mighty Ducks trilogy. I agree. I agree with that. Can I give a hot take here? There's some, it's going to be considered really unpopular. Okay. Field of Dreams is a must-not show. I do not like Field of Dreams. I didn't love Field of Dreams. I am not a fan of Field of Dreams at all. Like, I get it's a great. I understand why it's popular. It's just not my cup of tea. Okay. Um. Let's see. What are other must-show sports movies to your kids? Uh, again, something I might do, which may not be the most popular opinion. I'm gonna show the Bad News Bears. Oh. Okay. I will show in the sand. Oh, in the Sandlot. Oh my! So I actually watched Sandlot for the first time. When? Um, a couple days ago. Okay, okay. So no, those are okay. Now I need to go on a side tangent for movies real quick. So one of my favorite movies of all time is Anchorman. I love. I actually saw. I watched that last week. I watched it last night. So my point about I was gonna make about this is that might be one of the most loaded casts ever in a movie. Vince Vaughn. If you think about it, your main four characters are Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, and David. I can never say his last name right, but he, he played Todd Packer in The Office. You have Vince Vaughn playing the main villain. You have Ben Stiller playing a small-time role in it as one of the uh, main – as one of the anchors in the Anchorman fight. You I have Jack – I can't think of what is – what is her name? Who is – who's the – Christina Applegate, Applegate is the woman. Yes. I was going to get through her. I wanted to get through the last couple of big names for the guys because there was two more. There was three more I was going to mention, and then I was going to get to her and Christina Wig. Chris or Kristen Wig. I actually I watched Bridesmaids the other night. Oh, that's another great one. Hang on. So I just want to finish this. Though. So you have those guys. So then you have Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow plays a small role. He's not really on camera. You have Seth Rogen, who's in two scenes. Who was just a, such an afterthought in this movie because he wasn't a big name then. But you look Wait, back, what, what scenes were he in? Uh, he plays the cameraman who's at the cat fashion show with Veronica Corningstone. I remember and, that. I remember and that. And he's with her right before they get pushed in the bear pit. That's that cameraman is Seth Rogen. Oh, that's awesome. I learned that today by Googling it. And then I was like, well, oh my God, that is actually him. Okay, so I mean, also, and then for the, the last one is Luke Perry plays one of the other main anchors. But then, if you look at the, the famous one, you again, you have Kristen Wiig who's in it. You have uh, Christina Applegate who's Veronica Corn- Corningstone. I don't know. I can't confirm this on Google because she hasn't been given credit. But I think I saw Julie. I think Louis, Julie Louise Dreyfus is in it. 
I thought I she don't was think, one of, I don't think Julie Louis drive drive his. Decision. Someone who looked exactly like her played a woman at the beginning of the movie. I, mm, I mean, and mm, I don't think it's her, but it looked exactly like her. Rather do a double take. Okay, who are your favorite female actresses? Like of all time. God, I have two, and they're not even. They're like no question. You go. I need to think. There's a lot of like. My 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 number one A and number one B because I can't I literally cannot decide who I love more, uh, Tina Fey and Julia Louis Dreyfus. Tina Fey is a great choice. Tina Fey is a really Tina good choice. I actually like both of them. I don't know if the thing is I got to think for a minute here because I had to think back to a lot of different roles. Like Jennifer Aniston is another good choice. Jennifer Aniston, you but I feel like Jennifer she, Gardner or Jennifer, yeah, I feel like those are two obvious. Julia, Rob- two big- Julia Roberts was in every '90s movie. Yeah, like I've watched so many '90s rom coms in like the past year, and she's literally in every single one. But I feel like those are too obvious and too basic of a choice. So I'm trying to think. Someone a little more unique. Ooh, 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 ooh. Who's the girl from Mean Girls and The Notebook? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not good. I'm not really good at not, remembering. Dude, have actresses. you not seen The Notebook? The Notebook. No, awesome. I have. I'm not good at remembering people's names. I usually have to Google it when I'm watching when I see a face to remember who they are. Oh, uh, uh who am I thinking of? Ah, uh, uh, um, the mom from Mamma Mia. Just look it up, dude. Just look it up. I'm not getting any help. I'm always. I'm always. Who? What my my family is gonna disown me mainly because it's like our my family that um mom from Mama Mia. I mean obviously you could go like Lindsay Lohan. Um uh Meryl, Meryl Streep. Dude, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia is such a clown. All right, all right. Well, I think we need to get back to sports. We we went on too this got a little too off topic. No, but like dude, okay, Pierce Brosnan and and Mamma Mia, like he he's fine, but like he's trying to be too like bad boy. So, uh, Pierce Brosnan is one of the only actors who's a bad boy, but like he really shouldn't be a bad boy. Like in in um uh what what is it um in Daniel, um Daniel, in your, Daniel. no in your great... he's this like badass like like dad who just like hates his son who happens to be Will Ferrell. Um, Daniel, I don't Daniel, feel like I just don't feel like Daniel, Pierce Brosnan pulls off the bad boy. Daniel, Daniel, this is a great conversation, but I feel like we're too off topic here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk some. Let's talk some French Open or something. Let's talk some sports again. <laughs> I, whatever. Okay. So anyway, um, so the matches are tomorrow. Um, we can the, talk. We listen. We can go a little off topic when we're going to sports rants. This is my fault because I brought a banker, man. I feel like we got a little too off topic there. Okay, but you're acting like this ain't quality conversation, though. But it, it is. It is. But this is a sports podcast. Yeah, but it's sports and pop culture now. We're expanding. No, no I'm, I ain't doing a pop culture Dude, podcast. Dude, we're basically... Now, now we're basically a news network. You if know? you don't so, watch my... If you won't, won't watch my cr- very crappy reality TV shows with me and talk about that, we aren't doing pop culture. Dude, I'll, I'll fucking watch some crappy reality TV shows. If you were watching dude, The Bachelorette and dude, talking to me about it. I fucking love The Bachelorette. I fucking all love right, it. All right, all right. Fuck, we're talking Bachelorette first before we talk. I, I, have, I haven't seen the the start of the, of the new season, though. So. Oh, my God. There are some really funny moments. And there's one moment that I texted my brother and sister-in-law. I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Dude, oh, my God. I've, I, watched, I watched The Bachelor so much last year. I got into it. Like, I got very much into it. I was watching, um, have you ever watched Survivor? 
I've watched bits and pieces of it. I'm rewatching the season today. It's such a fucking good show. Also, speaking of another good show, I don't know if you have Paramount Plus. But... I do. Oh, you do. Um, so I my my favorite show of all time is Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, that's really not where I thought you were going with Paramount Plus, and I was about to. Be, I just I got my own expectations up. I mean, no, dude. I, dude what Legends of the Hidden Temple is a great no, show. Listen, I thought you were going to talk about a Double different Dare. reality TV show. Double Dare, no, Double I thought you were going to talk Nick, about the Nick t- Gas. I thought you were going to talk about the TV show, The Challenge. I don't know what the challenge is. That, Dude, yeah, so I watched I watched the new SpongeBob movie. All right, no, no, we're talking the French Open. We're talking the French. I'm forcing us to talk the French Open. Dude, I wish all the Grand Slams weren't absolute assholes. All right, I had an idea today. Speaking of that absolute asshole move by the French Open, so uh, for those of you who don't know, at the French Open in the deciding set, so for women third, for men fifth, you don't play a tiebreaker. You do win by two. So I was thinking today. How much more fun would these majors be if they just got rid of tiebreakers altogether? Like the tiebreakers just didn't exist. So every set is win well, by that, two. Well, that's what it used to be. How great would it be if we went back to that? Well, yeah, but what happens when big, ser- big server number one plays big server number two and it's 24-24 in the first set? <laughs> it would be really entertaining. Are you kidding me? The, 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 Nicholas... the, the match might never end. And yeah, I would, start, like... I would love that. Can... The Nicholas Mahout-John Isner match is my favorite thing I've ever watched in sports. The Actually, the, um, the Isner-Anderson match was really good. No, nothing will ever beat the Isner Mahu match for me unless there's a match that goes four days. Which is absurd. <laughs> because the last day was literally just the fifth set. These, the last two, two days were just the fifth set. They had to go through two full days. God, I fucking love that. What was, so what was, I, what was the final? Was it like 70 68? I actually think it was exactly 70 68. I'm going to double check oh, I that. Can't believe, I'm actually surprised I got that. I, I can't say for sure, but I'm like, until I Google it, but I'm 90% sure you're right. That sounds right, which is which is weird because normally I don't get things right. Uh, it's, taking me to their, it's taking me to their fucking match in a double, in a fucking um, doubles at Indian Wells. Yeah, it was 70-68. All right, bet. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with that. And then they got a little, like, little statue on the end of the court. That was kind of cool. Yeah, then Isner got his ass kicked the next round because he was tired from playing three straight days of one match. Yeah, I bet his odds were awful. Um, so anyway, so actually I'm really excited for Wimbledon to start. So am I. I hate clay court season. It's boring because Nadal's going to win. Nadal's going to beat Djokovic in four tomorrow and then he's going to beat Tsitsipas. He's going to beat Tsitsipas in five. It's going to be boring. Dude, I, I want... I want one of the young guys or like anybody new. I'm are you kind of bored of the big 3? I've been bored of the big 3 for years. Like I'm bored of them, right? Like it's like like they're good. I understand it and it and Roger Federer is my favorite tennis player. Don't get me wrong. What if Roger Federer lost in the finals to like Titsy Poss or something? I I I think well, that was he, super cool. Here's the thing is we're getting close Sabbies. Let's be real here. As much as I love Federer and all those guys' bodies have a year, two years max left on the tour. Those guys are beat up. Dude, Fe- Federer is literally limping on the. On I do, yeah, Federer's body can't hold off for more than two years because his back and it all has back and leg problems too. These people aren't going to last for another decade on but the tour. But nobody's going to be. Able, I don't know. If, I don't know if Djokovic is going to be able to slide around like he does till he's forty. 
Yeah, Djokovic probably has a good five. I think Djokovic still has a good five years left before he has but to worry about 30, that. But he's 33, 38. Yeah, I can see that. But he's he 34 right game. now. He's 34 right now. 30, oh, that's, that's right. He just turned. 30. I looked it up when we were talking about playing till you're 40. I mean, eh, yeah, but again, like, that's the thing. Like, all these athletes, that's actually an interesting point because the turnover rate for athletes has, like, decreased dramatically, right? Uh, you know, so it, in every sport but tennis, it's increased. I mean, well, yeah, I guess because there's, there's a bunch of the young guys coming in. But it'll be interesting to see, like, if these if these older guys who are just better than everybody else, the turnover rate for tennis is going to be nothing. Like, here's the thing. So I'm looking at the top. I'm looking at the top rankings right now. I see a bunch of guys who I think legitimately will not be in the pros in three years. Like, Djokovic will probably still be there. Nadal won't be. Federer won't be. If Monfils is walking in three years, I'll be shocked. That man is beat to hell. Like Verdasco, Cole Schreiber. Um... Yeah, those guys are lower. Than... I'm looking at the top. I'm looking at the top rankings right oh, now. Oh, God, who's the old guy? Ivo Karlovic. <laughs> yeah. Gauthier's only 30, but he's had some brutal injuries, too. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if he's down in the dumps soon. <clears throat> we got Rayanich. Again, he's 30, but he's always had injuries. Like, even some of these young guys are young compared to Federer and Dahl in the 30s. Or just beat up, dude. I mean, all the... Stan is done. I mean, Stan's career should be done. He sucks. Stan Marinka? Yeah, he sucks. I mean, again, he he's won his Grand Slams. He's gonna go. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah, but let's be real here. Most people don't really care about the tennis Hall of Fame. Nobody cares about the tennis Hall of Fame. That is true. Also, I realize I hate Taylor Fritz even more now than I did before, because so you've noticed these people who's like, oh, it's. Benoit Perry or Flip Krachinovic. And then you have some people with their double ass names like John Leonard Trump, like or hyphenated names like John Leonard Trump. I fucking hate John Leonard Trump. Well, I know, but that's not the point. No, Albert every Ramos time I hear his name, I have to say that. Like, that's, no, no, that's no, no, but really I'm getting to a point here. I'm getting to a point here. Fuck and then Lloyd Harris, this is too, and I hate him for it. You have Alejandro Davidovic. Fakina. Those are like three there you go. guys. That was actually not bad pronunciation. Thank you. And then you have Taylor Fritz, who in his rankings is Taylor Harry Fritz. Like anyone gives a shit by his middle name. And then you have Lloyd George Harris. Like anyone gives a shit about your middle name. God, that's that that sounds like a like a English monarch. Yeah, Lloyd George Harris. If you give me Lloyd a thousand George guesses, Harris. I would George South Harris. Africa would be one of the very last countries, I guess, for someone named Lloyd George Harris, because I'm starting with I'm starting with everything associated with the UK. Then I'm going to USA. Then I'm going to Canada. Well, like, well, I think South Africa, I, I think me a South while Africa to get to. was like it was an English province or something like back in the day. I know, but still, you don't think you just don't think of any of something that just honestly that fucking white. I mean. I mean well, I think, again, I think I think South Africa is a me, white country, right? Yes, but again. That is a name that you can't even deny. That is a name that if you think of, you're thinking of the UK first. Come and, on. Well, yeah, Lord Lloyd George, George Harris. Harris. That man sounds like he is living in London or in Ireland. Lo- no, then it, then, will, it'd be, then it'd be like Lloyd George O'Reilly. I'm thinking nothing less than that. This man, in fact, I'm going to look up where he puts us his residency on ATP.com right now. I, it's going to be Monaco. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like ninety percent of tennis players live in Monaco, but I don't know. Lloyd definitely. Wait, why is... do they all live in Monaco? Is it because they don't? There's like no state income tax. 
It's got to be that in training. No, he's actually born. He's born in Cape Town and still lives in Cape Town, according to this. Oh, good, good for him, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, where'd he train, though? He probably trained at IMG. He probably trained somewhere else, but I mean, his residency on the ATP website is listed as Cape Town. Do you know what you I don't see that too often? I like that, actually. Uh, it's actually rare because, like, I know, like, Isner was, like, born in Texas and still lives in Texas. So, like, that's good. Yeah. You rarely see people being born in a residency like uh, Djokovic is Serbia and he's living in Monte Carlo. Yep. Dude, Theme is different. I mean, Theme's a different town, but his residency or town state, I am be honest, I don't know what the right term is. He was born in one place in Austria and his residency is listed as another place in Austria. Oh, all right. Well, good for him. That's actually another surprise. Again, that's another thing you don't think, see a lot in other sports is. And in wildlife tennis, you don't see a lot of people from countries like Serbia and Austria dominating these sports. And that's something cool about tennis is you have players from all over the world who can be uh, uh, dominant. Like, let's be real here. This isn't probably my best example for this. Gregor Dimitrov, he is Bulgarian. I don't think there are many Bulgarian professional athletes outside of him. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really... I... I'm trying to think of other ath- of other um, of uh, other athletes who like stayed in the same place. Most Americans, I believe, stay in the same place. Interesting. So, <clears throat> I googled famous athletes from Bulgaria. I have not heard of any of these people yet. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of gymnasts in the Olympics. Hmm. It's a lot of gymnasts. That's their picture. He's a short track speed skater, a weightlifter from Bulgaria. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that's like Dimitrov. You know, that's what was came up. Again, was, like I said, I don't know if many. That's what I love about tennis is you don't see someone like that from some country that's not as popular or big like Bulgaria being dominant in professional sports and here in tennis you have a player who's top 20 in the world from bulgaria that's true um i also speaking of professional sports one thing that i'm actually really excited for and it's starting tomorrow is the euro 2020 oh shit i forgot that's tomorrow i need to go place a future on that i'm actually i'm i I probably will i mean because i'm actually i'm actually a big france uh soccer fan like i actually am um did I miss my time? No, you you should be fine. Oh, does my legal book not have? Oh no, soccer futures. Phew, that was scary. Soccer futures. Okay, this is live. Frank looking at the odds for Euro Top Twenty Twenty. Okay, to reach the final. Um, where's the winner? Where's uh? No, that's player of the tournament. I want to find the freaking winner. Okay, to reach the final, France is plus two thirty. We're gonna take that, dude. I fucking France soccer is so good. France plus four hundred to win. We're gonna take that. Yeah, I just absolutely. bet. I just bet on France to win and to make the finals. Dude, France is. I mean, who, who who's your pick other than France? I think Germany. I mean, I don't know a lot about it because I just I didn't realize this was starting. But I know France I'm gonna watch, is just like, every game. I know France is insane in soccer. Looking at the odds, based on this, I would pick probably. I actually think Belgium can make a good run. I know they've been good in the past, and they got good betting odds. I think England's England's going to be overrated. England kind of sucks. Okay, hear me on this. 
What if we put a bet on Wales to win? What are their odds? Plus 10,000. Um, I'd rather go, like, throw my money out the window, but... <laughs> let's look at the odds. Let's do a live look at the odds. I can get to win each group. To win each right. group could be kind of cool. So the winner of Group A, the favorite is Italy at minus 215. Italy then, Sw- then Switzerland, Turkey at plus 400. And Wales a at, sneaky team. And Wales at plus 700. Group B, Belgium at minus 175. Denmark at plus 225. Russia at plus 350. And Finland plus 1400. Belgium's going to take that really easily, I think. I'm going to put it, yeah, I'm going to put a bet on Belgium. Belgium's going to win that. Group C, the Netherlands are the favorite at minus 300. Ukraine at plus 400. Ooh. Austria at plus 475. And North Macedonia at plus 1800. Group no. D. Netherlands is going to whip the floor with everybody there. Yeah. Group D, England, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland, that order. I got bored of reading the odds because everyone's a big favorite. Group. Oh, sorry, I'm getting a little checked up here. Group E goes Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. Poland's actually not Ooh. bad at soccer. Group F, France is not the favorite to win the group. It's Germany. Oh, shit, Germany? Oh, I saw that. And Germany, France, and like two nobodies, right? Uh, no, Portugal, Hungary. What the fuck? <laughs> that is such, that's such a dominant group. What the fuck? You have you have fucking Ronaldo Mbappe and like whatever German guy you want to pick. Um, holy shit, that is insane. And then one of them's not gonna get out. Who doesn't get out of that? Portugal. I mean, yeah, but like Portugal's still really good. I know, but they're not as good overall as France or. Um, I'm blanking here. They're not as good as France. Fucking Port- oh my god! Fucking Portugal. Wait, who's the last team? Oh, some it was some really shitty. Let me go back for a second. Some nobody. It wasn't. It was someone. Not, it wasn't Wales, but it was someone like I think of as. Bad Is it as North Wales. Macedonia? No, they're in. It's Hungary. Hungary's not horrible either. Yes, they are. No, I can, I can, I can hope for the best. Anyway. Um, so I think, I, I, I think that's probably where we end it for today. Wait, no, 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 we have one more segment. We have to pronounce names. Okay. We can do that next time. Oh, come on. We can do just that a next co- time. Just a couple, just a couple. Okay, fine. I'll send you the list again. The, we're going to pay. I already got two. I already got the couple picked out. We're going to do It's Okay. Okay. First of all, I disagree with this list to start with called, the 10 athletes with hardest names to pronounce as of 2015. Jed Jerko is not a hard name to pronounce. Some of these aren't that bad. And yeah, Jeff Samarja is an easy name to pronounce. Jed Gorko. It's Jerko. I know. Um, um, but the, hey, the name I told you, Sotalamakia, is on here. All right, so scroll down so you see the hockey jersey. That's the first name I want to do. John Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook. And then the one that didn't even give us the pronunciation for we're going to do the one right below that. Fumatu Maafala. Chris Fumatu Maafala? 
Chris, Chris Uamatu Mata. I can't do this one. See, the other ones that were nice enough to give us the pronunciation Who's for. Is super easy. I know. The other ones that were nice enough to give us the pronunciation for, but for Chris Fumatu Ma'afa, they just said Kung Fu. I want to know the actual pronunciations. What is it? What's the Air Aries Bell Aruba Reno? Oh god, that was another part of Aries Bell Aruba Reno. That yeah, that's a lot of syllables. That is original Air Aries Bell Aries Bell Aru. Samarja is not Samarja. That's that that's not a hard name. Shashevsky can be tough because it's it's Kirk Coach Kirk Gitzkewski. Um He has too many K's. He does. For for none of them to be pronounced. Um There's a K, there's multiple Z's, there's a W, there's just too much going on. Jed Guerco. I love how they. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watch him play in San Diego since I grew up when he was on the Padres. That just was never a hard name for me to pronounce. Jed Guerco, fucking Jed. Well, I mean, Jed's a horrible name. There, there's like, there's no good Jed. Like, I can, I cannot tell you somebody. I'm like, oh, hey, what up, Jed? No, Jed. Every, every every single Jed I've heard of is just an absolute asshat. Better dead than Jed. Honestly, that, that, that's a, that's something good to live by. <laughs> All right, and on that note, we're going to call it a day. Thanks for listening to whatever the hell we call this. Well, this... okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Japanese Podcast. If you even made it through there, uh, if you made it through the end of this, I think you deserve an award. I think this is entertaining. Anyway, right, guys. Uh, my name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with my co-host Frank Todd. Uh, we will see you guys next week.